0: And come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for hey ted welcome to confessions of a crappy christian
1: hey blake it's good to be with you i appreciate you having me on
0: yeah i appreciate that you're having this conversation people have likely by now seen in the title we're talking about porn and the impact that is having on Christians and non-christians alike and you wrote a book the freedom fight and that's also the name of your ministry so to get us started can you just tell us a little bit about yourself how you got here and and what you're hoping to accomplish with this conversation
1: yeah absolutely well my my wife and I met in college we were involved with a campus ministry student mobilization and we came on staff with that ministry and I joke with my wife that you know nobody goes into the ministry hoping to become the porn guy You know, and nobody wants to marry the porn guy, but really how we got here is in the process of discipling college students, really in the early to mid 2000s, after we'd been on staff for 10 to 15 years, we just started noticing that more and more, particularly with the men at that point, were really struggling with porn. And so much so that we were having to disqualify a lot of student leaders that otherwise were going to be, man, great Christian leaders on the campus. And so, so much so that in 07, we really uh, identified pornography as the biggest obstacle to building spiritual leaders for Christ. And so we recognize that, hey, if we're going to make disciples in our sex-saturated culture, we have to address this issue head on. And so really, that's when I kind of started my deep dive into this topic and we started, we started having all of our staff men go through a porn addiction recovery program so that we could be better equipped in the context of discipling students at, at helping them break free. And, you know, it's interesting, Blake, because that was in 07, which happened to also be the time the iPhone came out. And so what we thought was a dire situation in 07 was about to get dramatically worse and so since 07 I've I've been through over 20 different porn addiction recovery programs and resources uh, I was trained as a professional sex addiction professional uh, to get the clinical side of it I had the discipleship and the theological side of it but I wanted to really understand the you know the brain science piece and you know some of the other factors um, and then really you know, so in 2015, we kind of, we started taking all of these principles we were using that we were seeing help people find freedom. And we were like, Hey, let's put this in a user friendly format. And so that's when we started creating the freedom by, which is our online porn addiction recovery program. And it's free because that was another issue. It's like, as I was sending these college guys to certified sex addiction therapists at $150 an hour, right. you're like, man, this is not a, this is not a reproducible model to help the masses. And so really that's uh, really how the freedom fight was birthed.
0: I appreciate that. You said that you've educated yourself in the theological discipleship part, but also the science. Cause I think with everything, the word of god is powerful and and as is the holy spirit but i think we are we're making sometimes our impact lesser when we don't welcome the scientific side into yeah. it and that's with porn that's with mental health that's with anything like yes let's absolutely tend to the the root and the heart but in my experience understanding the science is never a negative thing. Like it's always yeah. helpful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think an important principle, especially when it comes to addressing the porn issue, is sometimes people think it's more spiritual to only address it from the spiritual angle. And, you know, it's interesting because in Jeremiah 6:14, God says to his spiritual leaders, the priests and the prophets, You have healed the brokenness of my people superficially saying, peace, peace, but there is no peace. And so God was rebuking his spiritual leaders because they were giving cliche answers to a deeper spiritual issue and a brokenness, because God's word will set us free. But when we understand the full measure of the issue, we can apply God's truth more effectively uh, to those issues. And so and I think that's that's really an important. I've unfortunately found myself in debates with pastors who are like, well, hey, Jesus sets us free. What else do we need to know? You know, and, well, yes, but when we understand the roots of the issue, we can apply God's truth at a deeper level instead of just sharing cliches. Because one of the things that's dangerous about that is if you're if you're struggling with porn and you go to a church and they're like, Hey, just love Jesus more and quit. All that does is multiply the shame and the frustration. And because if that person's a believer, and there's tons of believers that are struggling with this, they've been praying for years for God to take this away. They've been, you know, they've been trying all they can. and, And so those cliche, superficial answers really only multiply the shame.
0: Yeah, I agree. I So I personally have had a lot of conversations about mental health, which I would have to believe that the two are also connected. Yes, absolutely. Mental health, there have to be some corresponding lines there, but that, yes, like the word of God and peace that surpasses understanding and prayer are vital, have, have been vital parts of my healing and my journey. But like, so have SSRIs and so have going to therapy and EMDR, you know, and I think Christians, like I was saying, do themselves a disservice when they refuse to allow like modern medical advances and understanding how the brain works be a part of their experience. Because the reality is that the statistics on porn addiction are like terrifying. Like you were saying, you thought it was bad in 07 and then the iPhone came out. I know that there's really not a difference between Christians and non-Christians in those statistics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's a scary thing. We we did we did a survey two years ago with not just your typical college student, but your growing Christian college student. And so this was you know over 1,300 students from you know campuses across the U.S. who were plugged into multiple different campus ministries. But they these were students who said their faith in Christ is very important. They're plugged into a campus ministry. Many of them were in leadership. So these are our future Christian leaders in. of these guys say that they've watched porn in the last 12 months. 61% of them said at least weekly or more, and 51% said they were addicted to porn. And so these are our future Christian husbands, fathers, and it's not just a man's problem, but these growing Christian women, 51% said that they had viewed porn in the last 12 months. Now their frequency wasn't near as high as the guys, right? but it's, it's not just a guy's issue in the church. And so, no. especially at this younger generation, no generation that we've ever seen has had consumed this much pornography at such young ages. And so the impact we're beginning to see, but you know, we're not going to be seen for, you know, years to come.
0: So I think sometimes both Christians and non-Christians can have a little bit of, this isn't that big of a deal attitude towards porn. I personally, like in my college days, not that I, I, I have had experience with porn. It usually wasn't willingly, which is interesting. Like, I think you talk in your book about how kids are being exposed to porn, like super young. And I actually had that experience as a young kid where it was like a pop-up and it, I thought I was going to throw up, but I remember not thinking it was really that big of a deal. Uh, Like, I mean, I'm sure it's not great. I'm I'm sure it's not actually God's design, but not really having an understanding of how harmful it is to like our brain.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is pornography changes a person's brain. You know, that when a, when a person regularly uses porn, what they don't realize is they're, they're building a deep porn pathway in the brain. One thing that's important to note is how an addiction is developed. Addiction experts tell us, you know, one that. Dopamine is the pleasure chemical that our brains release when we experience something pleasurable. And drugs like cocaine artificially raise the level of dopamine, and so does pornography. Mm. And so, when a a person can get used to uh, the high levels of dopamine in their brain, and this is something related to the the mental health, because, you know, Dr. Michael Barda says, you know, most porn sessions last minutes, but hours long bin sessions are common. And when somebody has a hours long binge sessions that they actually produce up to 10 times as much dopamine in the brain as during healthy marital sex. Wow. So when the brain gets used to that kind of dopamine, then you know what happens? The everyday pleasures of life aren't that pleasurable anymore. Right. So what you used to find joy and happiness in, all of a sudden that's not there. And that's one of the reasons that porn users are more depressed the non-users is because they start living with this dopamine level. And so the normal levels, you know, don't even register anymore. But then the addiction goes deep when somebody starts using that dopamine high to medicate the pain and discomforts in their life. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's alcohol, whether it's, you know, drugs or porn, when somebody starts using that, high to medicate the stress, the anxiety, the depression, the addiction, you know, experts tell us that's when the addiction goes deep. Because, you know, if if somebody starts using porn to medicate the stress, then all of a sudden that stress becomes the trigger Mm. because dopamine isn't just released when we experience pleasure, but it's also released in the anticipation of pleasure because the brain goes into survival mode. Oh, hey, I'm feeling negative. Oh, I know where we can go. I'm going to release dopamine to start the craving, go down this porn pathway, because I know where we can go to feel a whole lot better. And when a person does that over and over, man, that porn pathway goes very deep. And what and this is what can be disconcerting to a person, especially a Christian, is porn may have started off about curiosity and sex, but it very quickly can move to how a person learns to cope with the stress in their life. Right. And so it's like, Hey, having this sex addiction isn't really about the sex. It's about how a person has learned to cope. And so unless a person understands that in the, in the deep pathways that it builds. And one of the things that we teach, you know, through our program is how to build new pathways, because it's not enough just to not travel the old pathway, but we must build new pathways, which is what Romans 12, two tells us that transformation happens by renewing the mind. And so that's a, that's an important part, you know, of the process in addressing, you know, the addicted brain.
0: Well, and that was my thought when you were talking is that I think a lot of people look at these younger generations, mine and younger than me, and find us incapable of coping in general. I think it's exactly what you've said is that we've, just turned to different things to cope alcohol drugs some people like working out really hard you know overworking food porn like we've I think that that probably impacts every generation but it's I feel like it has gotten steadily worse that we just are incapable I have been guilty of that incapable of coping with the stress of life so you turn to a coping mechanism and then like you said that's how it turns into addiction I know there are you talk about some of the main roots of porn addiction specifically. Can you briefly like touch on those, what these roots really are?
1: Yeah. And yeah, for sure. And these six roots, you know, it's interesting because these six roots are, you know, something that in science we've only identified in the last two to three decades you know, the brain science piece just in the last decade or so. But it's really interesting because in Ephesians 4, 17 through 27, when the Apostle Paul is talking to a group of Christians who are struggling with sexual bondage, he actually addresses each of these six roots of a porn addiction, and, which is really, you know, just speaks to the amazing relevancy and timelessness of God's word. But the six roots are the sexualized society, and sex is all around us, and so understanding, hey, what are my triggers? What are what do I need to do to build boundaries to remove myself from those triggers? Um, the second route is the addicted brain, as we've talked about, and so learning how to renew the mind and build new pathways. Uh, the third route is isolation, mm-hmm. and a a sex addiction is categorized is a intimacy disorder. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say a couple things about this because I think it's important for people to understand when a person is not connected relationally with other people in real life, mm-hmm. the fake intimacy of porn has a bigger draw. And so a lot of times, and this is at a subconscious level, but porn becomes a place where I can go to feel wanted, to feel desired, to feel enough, mm-hmm. to feel significant, all of those things. And you know, and then the, the crazy thing is, then when you add oxytocin to the mix, which is the bonding chemical, you know, when there's skin to skin contact, there's bonding that takes place, oxytocin is released. Also during orgasm, God's created this to bond a husband and wife in marriage. Yeah. But when a person is watching porn, masturbating and having an orgasm, they start bonding. To the porn, right? And you know, therapists actually call this dating porn because there's this emotional connection, and Mm -hmm. it becomes a refuge for people to go and you know. And the sad thing is, you know, when a person you know is is doing that, it necessarily impacts their capacity to have connections in depth in their real life. And so that's one of the reasons that there's this mysterious draw to pornography. And so isolation uh, is the third route. The fourth is negative emotions, which I referred to earlier. For most people, their trigger, their biggest triggers are the negative emotions that they've learned to medicate, you yeah. know, use porn to medicate. And so one of the things we do in our program, we, we have an app, and people check in on a daily basis with their accountability. But one of the things they do, they just take two or three minutes, answer a few questions, but it, it's about... Hey, how am I feeling? You know, and then one of the things that we teach is you can see a relapse coming from over a week away when you learn to grow in your emotional awareness and you're like, man, I'm, I've been exhausted for the last two days. I'm starting to become emotionally numb. I know if I don't reach out for help and course correct, I know where this is going to lead. And and so that it's a a really important uh, tool. The fifth root is shame, which, you know, most sex addiction therapists would say shame is the biggest driver uh, that's often feeding, you know, their negative emotions. And one of the saddest things I see, Blake, is so many Christians, instead of living out of their identity in Christ, they're living out of a shame identity. And so it's really a spiritual warfare that, man, the enemy is really keeping people from living the fullness of the gospel in their lives and then the sixth the sixth root is trauma and again trauma experts tell us that one of the things that makes trauma the most traumatic are the lies that we believe as a result of the trauma Mm -hmm. like lies like i deserve this right or god is done with me hey i'm never never going to be able to break through this is who i am and so replacing those lies with God's truth is crucial. So those are, those are the six roots. And again, in Ephesians, when Paul was addressing these Christians that were, were stuck in sexual bondage, he addresses each of these roots. Um, and so in our program, we systematically work through each of those six roots of a porn addiction, bringing in the brain science, uh, you know, in God's word, you know, through each step of the way.
0: Well, I think likely people think that the the cause for porn addiction is just that like dudes like sex. Yeah. Right. Like they simplify yep. it. And that I think is such a, probably a barrier to people finding healing Yeah. is if, if you personally are just offsetting that it's just a dude thing and the people around you are offsetting that it's just a dude thing then why would you why would you dig deeper into this might have other more problematic roots? We're getting close to sweatshirt weather. I mean, not in Louisiana, but I'm sure some of you are. So I wanted to make sure that you know that the Crappy Christian merch shop is open for business with favorites like Won't Me Do It, Be Found Standing, and our Jesus Lover Tea, also in the comfiest sweatshirts ever. Head to crappychristianco.com slash merch to grab your new favorite sweatshirt. The world is crazy and more and more it feels like everything is kind of on fire and the reality is you Likely need someone to talk to about it. If traditional therapy just hasn't been a fit for you, or you haven't been able to make it work, I wanted to tell you about Faithful Counseling, an online Christian therapy option that's significantly cheaper and more accessible than traditional counseling. Faithful Counseling matches you with a counselor based on your needs, allows you to meet via text, phone call, or video call, and they price on a sliding scale. So to find out more and get 10% off your first month, visit getfaithful.com/crappychristian and start talking to a therapist today. Okay, let's get back to the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, just as an example, I was on a radio program not long ago. A mom called in and short and shared the horrifying story of her 10-year-old daughter being addicted to porn. And when you know the mom happened to check the browsing history after her daughter played games and saw what she called 10. Very hardcore porn videos. And when she asked her daughter about it, you know, the daughter admitted that she'd been watching this kind of hardcore porn for the last 10 months. And she told her mom, Mom, I don't want to watch this stuff, but I can't stop. And, you know, when you think the dopamine high that a kid gets, man, it can become a refuge. It can become a lot of things that, hey, when I'm feeling down, when I'm bored, boredom is one of, the biggest triggers when a person has learned to medicate negative emotions, boredom. Oh, Hey, I know where we can go. Then the craving starts. I know where we can go to feel a whole lot better. Um, and a kid, you know, a 10 year old kid doesn't know how to process that. No, man, her brain gets hooked and Mm. it becomes a refuge. Um, and so, but you're right. I think one of the things the enemy does to keep people in the shadows is like, well, man, you're just a sex fiend, man. You got problems, you know, and it's like in women who struggle, you know, a Christian woman who struggles with a porn or sex addiction, you know, that's even, that's more shaming than a man because this is supposed to be a man's issue. Um, And so, you know, so many believers are staying in the shadows, that and you know and that's you know in that passage in Ephesians one of the things Paul says is you must put away falsehood and speak the truth to your neighbor. Yeah. Because so many people are stuck, you know, one of one of my mentors in this area, he estimates that less than 10% of Christian men who struggle with a porn addiction seek any meaningful help. Yeah. Because because of shame. They're right. they're stuck and they believe the lie that Private confession and private repentance is enough, but it's not. Yeah. It's, you know, because that's why Paul says, hey, put away falsehood and speak the truth to your neighbor, you know, and James tells us, you know, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The first step towards freedom is stepping out of the darkness into the light with the sin and confessing.
0: Yeah, that's such as a parent hearing that of a 10 year old, you know, my kids are only a few years away from that. And I think it's easy to think that you have plenty of time before that's even like a conversation or an issue. Do you have, like, have you, do you have ways that parents can get ahead of that? Like ensuring that they're protecting their kids?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one one important resource is a book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Yes. Um, have you read you? Yeah, read we that? have it. Yeah. all yep. oh, good. And, and so starting young, uh, and I've known parents who every year they read that book to their kids because mm-hmm. each year their kid has some more experience. They have, they have more understanding and so it just keeps the conversation going. But it needs to be an ongoing dialogue where you de-shame the topic. Yeah. And just, you know, and, and speaking in those terms, Hey, there are good pictures and there's bad pictures. Hey, if you ever see one of those bad pictures where somebody, you know, shows their private parts and I would use the, you know, the penis, the vagina, you know, use the regular, yeah. you know, de-shame it. It's like, Hey, those parts of us that are covered up by a bathing suit. Hey, if you, if somebody ever shows you a picture, come talk to me about it. You know,
0: yeah.
1: and so you de-shame it and really that's, that's all you need to do at the really young ages, but begin to help them understand. You know, God's design that, hey, sex is a gift. Right. God's created that gift to be enjoyed within marriage. And man, it can really be destructive outside of that context. And yeah. uh,
0: Yeah. If you don't make it weird, then something that's already like inherently got that like shame tinge, if you're the one that's not making it weird and not making it awkward, you're kind of breaking through some of those barriers to get your kids to talk to you about it.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And and that's so crucial is not making it weird, making it an ongoing dialogue that, Hey, we talk about set, you know, Hey, this is something that's, you know, enjoyable. This is something God get, you know, it, you know, that as an example, I had a a father tell me last year when we were talking that his seven year old son came home one day and asked him about sodomy. Now he didn't use that word, but that's what he was asking about because a kid showed him a a video at school. Oh my gosh! Well, seven. Seven. The the dad had yet to even have the sex talk with them, but because he had de shamed the good picture, bad picture, this kid came and asked his dad about it. Yeah, I've also heard testimonies of kids having those experiences where they didn't feel the freedom, and man, that just led to this secret and this secret life. And hey, what's this about? And man, it right? Just because led to then more- they
0: go try to find it out, figure it out for themselves. Yes, and that's just like a very straight slope into hey, Google, into those Google, things. Google has right. the answers.
1: They're going to fill in the blanks for our kids. Uh, right. if we don't.
0: Right. Exactly. So if you know someone that is struggling like this, that you know, you have the relationship to speak into it, how do you suggest people start taking steps to help them find freedom?
1: because of the shame, the deception, that's why Paul started with put away falsehood is because porn addicts are liars, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. because of the shame. And and so you got, you have to navigate that. So I think with prayer, um, you know, one of the things we do with, you know, college students is we just, because of the statistics, we assume it's like, Hey, yeah. man. Everybody, everybody, has a porn story. Here's mine. What's yours? You know, right. it's just saying. Hey, de shame it. I'll go first. And so I think you know, doing things like that. It's like, hey, man. I, I'm. I was looking at some stats, man. They say this. You know, they say yeah. this many guys struggle. It's like, man. What? What's your kind of porn? You know, what's your history with porn? You know, it's like you. And so instead of like, man, do you look at porn? You know, it's like, right. Uh, you know, so trying to, try to de shame it. You know, one of the reasons that we put our program online is because it's anonymous that you only have to give a first name and an email so you can make it as anonymous as you want because that's one of the things that draws people into porn uh and a lot of times that's what it takes for a person to start being honest and so through our program Nobody gets free on their own. And so early on, we coach people up. Hey, this is how you get an accountability partner. You you yeah. you have to you have to come into the light with this thing. And so, you know, if it's with a, a kid, you know, trying to educate them on the dangers of porn, yeah. you know, people in general. And so just I think, you know, I know people have, you know, hey, bought a bought my book. Hey, check yeah. this out, you know, but yeah. just trying to educate. And, you know, and, and another thing when we, we coach churches in dealing with this issue is we try to help them have a discipleship perspective an equipping perspective, instead of just a recovery perspective, Mm. because recovery is for people who have problems equipping. And it's for all of us. Right. So one of the things that we, you know, we encourage people, is like, Hey, this is such a huge issue in our culture. We need more people equipped to help others break free. And so when you introduce it like that, you open up the funnel. I had a, I had a, a guy at church I was uh, attending a few years ago. Pastor gave a great message on sexual immorality, which in the Greek, sexual immorality is the word pornea, where we get our mm. word porn. He talked about man, pornography, did a great job. And at the end, he's like, hey, if this is something you struggle with, we have some groups, and if you're interested, we have a booth in the back where you can sign up for help. <laughs> How many people do you think signed up at the booth in the back?
0: None. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> if your long lost mother was at the booth in the back, you would avoid it. You know, it's like, right. you know, you're, you're not going to, th- even if it was, hey, Wednesday night at seven, we have this group, unless you're in crisis or your wife is giving you an ultimatum, you're not going.
0: Or you're um, like really far into the recovery process, which exactly. like absolutely are people who need that as well. but. You're not getting people in the door that are at, like, that are in the shadows, like you're talking about. And I know one of the things that you say, kind of talking about the church, is that addressing porn addiction in the church is an opportunity. What do you mean by that? Yeah.
1: Well, and it's an opportunity, I think, one, to show the relevancy and power of God's word in the gospel is, man, who knew that visual lust was going to be such a detrimental thing? I don't know, maybe Jesus 2,000 years ago when he said, you know, you've heard it said, do not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who's looked at a woman with lust for her has committed adultery in her heart. It's like Jesus warned us against that. You know, and I think porn is also an illustration of John ten ten. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Yep. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. And, you know, survey after survey tells us that, Married couples have more and better sex than the singles, you know, than, you know, those, those who are addicted to porn or watch porn regularly are less sexually satisfied. And so, but all of those realities, you know, point to the fact of, man, we have an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, you know, because when you think of porn-induced erectile dysfunction, which... Is a massive issue today that hardly anybody talks about. I mean, we, we're seeing it with college students, with teens as young as fifteen, oh my and it's like what a, what an illustration of John ten ten and right. porn promises the sexual satisfaction, but it actually takes away the ability to enjoy the real thing. And right. um, and so I think helping people understand the relevancy and power of God's word that, hey, the Apostle Paul spoke to this, this issue of sexual bondage among believers. And when he did, he talked about renewing the mind. You know, that's something we've only learned in, in the last couple of decades with brain science. That, well, and you know, that you
0: can heal your brain.
1: Yeah, that you can heal your brain. That there, there is something you can, you can actually renew your mind. And so I think it's a, an opportunity for deep discipleship Because, you know, even as you take that one area of, you know, emotional awareness and emotional intelligence, you know, as I've seen guys go through our program, and they become more aware of their emotions, and they become much better leaders, much better in relationships, much better husbands, because they're actually able to articulate it's like, why am I angry? Well, you know, here are the reasons why am I frustrated this, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he just grows in an area where he's able to actually love God with all of his heart and emotions, instead of that being an area of his life that he just stuffs, right. he doesn't ever talk about. Um, and so it just gives, uh, you know, development on living out of your identity in Christ, instead of living out of a shame identity. Um, and so it's really been a powerful opportunity for deep discipleship because one of the things that we say is that you don't just quit a porn habit you have to outgrow a porn habit Mm. because you have to grow and develop in certain areas of your life your personal holiness renewing your mind with god's word building new pathways and you know developing all these different areas that's what's gonna you know lead to freedom one of the things that we say is that Knowing God's truth will set us free, but before it sets us free, it changes us. Mm. And because it changes us, the freedom lasts. And that's what we've seen.
0: And I just appreciate that y'all are going so much deeper than I think a lot of Christian resources have in the past. And I think that that's going to be what's revolutionary right that you're willing to talk about the science that you're willing to talk about the roots that you're but also are saying the enemy is coming to steal kill and destroy look at all the ways that porn is accomplishing that and who willingly wants to be embroiled in a tool of the enemy like nobody yeah. would say that right nobody would say yeah i i use a tool of the enemy every day and i love it you know yeah and i think identifying it as that is really of changes the narrative a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and if you think about it, I mean, this is spiritual warfare, just on a level that we haven't seen that, yeah. you know, and as we were talking about our kids, man, through pornography, the enemy is reaching into Christian homes, into yeah. Christian marriages, and capturing the hearts and minds of a generation. And parents, for the most part, don't realize what's going on you know yeah. I, I we have college students all the time you know confess hey dad i'm you know as a sophomore in college i'm i'm addicted to porn and i've been addicted since 7th grade when i got my iphone yeah. the parents had no idea yeah. and it's and that that's happening at an epidemic level across the country and it, just as you said we don't realize you know the impact on relationships on marriages on a person's spiritual life it's like man, why does this person not have an appetite for God or God's word? Right. Well, it's because they've cultivated this other appetite. Right. That, You know, ruining their appetite for, for God and the things of God. And, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful tool of the enemy and, you know, and probably the, the best way to illustrate, you know, the powerful tool of the enemy is when you think of all the impact it has on marriages, -hmm. On a person's spiritual life, which, and yet our spiritual leaders on this topic are almost silent.
0: Right. Because it's it's, uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, because it's uncomfortable. And, you know, just even as we've been talking, it's not an easy addiction to break. Mm -hmm. Simple, you know, cliche answers don't really help. And yet, man, our spiritual leaders, you know, they should be championing this, but they're silent and yeah. unfor- unfortunately you know the surveys say on my chapter on pastors and porn that 50% or more of them are struggling personally yeah. and so if you're struggling you're not going to be you know helping other people find solutions if you don't have a solution yourself
0: exactly so you have created a recovery program the recovery program is free you have your book the freedom fight where can people access those things so that they can kind of get plugged in with
1: that. Yeah. So the freedomfight.org has our program. It's a, it's a six month program. Somebody can go through it individually. If they have an accountability partner, they can start it individually and we coach them up on how to get an accountability partner. We, we have a leader's guide. It's really designed for small groups. And, And so there's a lot of, you know, men's groups, women's groups that are like, Hey, let's go through this. And we have everything you need to you know, to launch this group and use the app to stay connected and accountable. It's a video resource. So we have about 60 videos each week. You watch two to three videos that are five to eight minutes each that unpack principles of recovery. There's a short Bible study that goes with it that really just drives home the point from God's word. And it's very application oriented. And we also have a 30-day challenge that for a lot of people is a good introduction Mm-hmm. Uh, to the program. And so all of that, again, is free. You can find it there. And then on our, on our website, you can find our book. We're, we're also on Amazon in the, you know, all the formats, Kindle and Audible as well.
0: Well, Ted, thank you so much for taking the time to share kind of all the, the sides of this. And also I'm just really thankful that you're out there having this conversation and offering this resource for people. I think it's, I think it's incredible. So I'm really thankful. Well, Blake, thanks
1: so much for having me. I enjoyed the conversation.
0: All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the crappy Christian podcast. And Hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.